Hey guys, it's Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor doing a drive home podcast on a Friday afternoon. Going home, not gonna work for another two days. Hopefully three, but no, it'll only be two. So I got a couple phone calls. Actually, I got three messages two from Dennis. He did a Jackson. Yes, that is a thing. Where he, both he and uh, Darren responded to my uh, whip inquiry. So let's hear what uh, Dennis McCarthy says. Hey Tim, this is Gwethaint from uh, Ramblings of an Artist and Gamer. I was just listening to your podcast about the whips and the warg. Um, I've had whips come up recently in play on a couple of occasions. Now I, I run uh, GURPS Dungeon Fantasy. Um, I had someone snatch one from a hobgoblin boss and attempt to use it to intimidate one, um, which responded to it because they were kind of conditioned. Um, and GURPS whips do less damage against armor. Now, you know, in GURPS, the, the armor situation is that instead of making it harder for you to be hit, it eats damage when you do get hit. Um, so whips do half damage against armor. Whereas if you were not wearing any, it's more effective. And they can entangle if you hit a small target number. Which works very well with your critical, the way you were describing. Hey Tim, this is uh, Gwithaint again. <laughs> uh, had another item about whips in my game. Um, have, I, I run multiple games in the same setting, and I have a lot of spillover between them where actions of one character in one thread end up happening to another group in another area. Um, people refused to fight some undead. Somebody else ended up fighting them when they wandered into town. Um, somebody ran into some pilgrims. A member, a character who had a member of the clergy for their group ended up taking them into his house. There, there's a lot of back and forth with that kind of thing, and people aren't encounter, having the same encounters, but they're having the spillover. Uh, the other thing is one of the characters has a lightning whip. And lightning stuns you when you get hit, and he's always using it to make distance attacks as opposed to lightning touch where he'd have to go run up and put himself in weapon range. Thanks, Dennis, for calling in. Uh, whips. I wanted to hear more about that last part. It's like I want to hear more about lightning whips. <laughs> it sounded cool. Yeah, I'll have to check out the GURPS. I have GURPS Dungeon Fantasy also. I still haven't opened it up. It's still in a wrapper. So I need to do that. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't opened it up. Um, but uh, I will. So thank you for that. I'll check that out. And then the second message is from Darren Green. Hi, Tim. Alfred here. Uh, listening to one of your podcasts recently, you were talking about someone had a, uh, a whip as a weapon in one of your games and you was looking for rules for it. Um, I remember in the companion rules, the green book from the old D&D back in the 80s, um, they had bowlers and whips and tridents, I think, as like new weapons in the rules. So if you've got access to that, maybe worth a look. I haven't got a copy of it anymore. Um, possibly my brother's got it. But I just thought I'd give you an idea to go and have a look for that. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Darren, for calling in. The Green Companion Book. 
I don't know what that is. At least not by that description of it. But you, when you said that and you were talking about pitchforks and everything, I thought maybe like the old, uh, what was it called? Un Unearthed Arcana would might have it in there. So I'm going to, when I get home here pretty soon, I'm going to go in there and dig that out because it jogged my memory. And, and if it's not in there, it might be an Oriental Adventures. I don't know. I can't remember many ninjas using whips, but who knows? I'll check both places. Uh, but uh, thanks for the call in. Uh, very much appreciated. Alright, let's get on to the main topic of the day, because it's Friday. It's not a very interesting topic, though. <clears throat> Isn't that a hell of a way to start? But it is, it's the same way. Languages, buddies, languages. I'm not talking about just alignment languages, I'm talking about languages all the way around. Spoken languages and written languages and how you use them in-game. I have no use for alignment languages because I have no alignments. And I never saw the point of them anyhow. Thieves Can't's cool. Uh, I've always, I've never used it as a spoken language, more of a written language. And, and it's not so much a language as a symbology. Kind of use the whole hobo thing. I've used that for years where they kind of, my one friend is a hobo guy. And he's the one who kind of educated. I didn't even know there was a thing. And then I guess this is a long time tradition or they put like little symbols on the fences or the doorways of <clears throat> different people. So like when the next guy comes by, they know if the guy is friendly or the guy will shoot you in the face. And or if the guy has a dog or if you, you can work for food here or something like that. To give the next guy some information about the household they're about to knock, knock on the door. And I think that works really good in a city or pretty much anywhere. I mean, it works best in city, I think, but definitely can work in a rural type campaign. But if there's a symbol on a doorway, maybe it'll tell that thief that's within the party that they can fence goods here or that it's a safe house or maybe it's, a, you know, a thieves guild building just in general. So... You know, a real simple form of it, and that doesn't get too complex. But what I, the main thing I'm going to want to discuss is using a language within my game, developing a language within my game that will—it's kind of littered throughout this campaign world because I have the Northmen, who are basically an extinct situ, uh, civilization, and part of their culture is left you know well all their colors and runes but part of it still is still has some writing here and there and tomes and just etchings on stones but if like joe the lawyer who wants to who's playing a mage is trading in trading or using one of his additional language things from his high intelligence to learn this northman language which i think is fantastic because it's something we can do in game which I'm really excited about those are this is why i like to source the the table for players ideas because fuck that's cool i like it um but developing it's different different thing i'm, I'm starting to do it i 
I'm kind of trying to stay away from the whole thing, find like a rune, um, rune font and then just type it out in English and then go over it and translate it into a, a runic font or something like that. I'm trying to stay away from that. I want it to actually be a true different language. So like the alphabet will be a little different. I don't want the, you know, it says like, oh, what, what was the example? Cause I've, Oh, by the way, guys, this is like the third time I've done this today. My drive home podcast this is my third drive home podcast because fucking anger. Well, the first one was my fault. Okay, I got to own that one because I didn't have my Wi-Fi on or I didn't have my data on, so I didn't record anything. But the second time, that's Anchor. Freaking app. I hate the app. I love the app. hate the app. Um, I got distracted. Squirrel. Um, so what I kind of want to try to develop a language that's a little bit more unique and that instead of, God, what was the example I was using? Um, instead of saying like, pro, you know, protection and then just spelling it out and then putting the, the runes, you know, translating into the runes font. Uh, I want it to be like their word, like, I don't know, Vasperto. It sounds like a weird guy. Vasperto, depending on what they're doing. And then translate that into runes, spell it out in English the way it sounds and then put that into runes now that double complicates it because not only do you have to decipher the runes and then you'd have to start learning how the, the language works so i don't know if i want to make it that difficult but i may just to be a dick no i, I may do it just because i want to see how it works um i'll, I'll figure that out. i'm saying i'm a lot but I, I still want to kind of explore that Maybe I'll just do that with certain words or phrases. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not going to try to do a whole lexicon of words. Maybe I'll just pick out certain phrases that become important. So that way, because the way I see it, then when we're in game and they find this runic script across the, uh, maybe an archway or something, I hand Joe or send Joe the script, what it looks like, and then he'll have some sort of Rosetta Stone and he'll decipher it and be able to tell the players what it means. And I think that's cool. It gets the players involved. They're discovering new things. They're going to find out secrets that they didn't know about before uh, because they'll have that another resource of information that is going to be invaluable going down the line because, I mean, this whole force is littered with with these runes so it's going to help them in some ways i mean it's going to throw up some more questions too trust me it's not going to be all here's the x for the treasure kind of stuff there's going to be a lot of it's probably going to add some questions too like in the last couple episodes i was talking about layering questions into your game that'll i'm going to layer this will allow me another level of layers to or another level layer another layer or level into the game for them to explore. I think that's cool. I mean, it's going to take some work for me, some research, but that's what I'm going to be working on tonight, guys. Um, I kind of hinted it at Joe. So, Joe, if you're listening, that's what I was talking about. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. I hope uh, you got something cool planned. I have a weekend planned of just blissing out, writing, 
I got some, I'm still catching up on Daredevil 3, season 3, so I might uh, just get my groove on, put my headphones on, watch Daredevil get in fight in hallways. Do you notice he always gets like 90% of his fights are in hallways? I mean, that whole thing, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, hallways. They should have said, you know, instead of kids in the hall, it would be fighters in the hall or something like superheroes in the hall. Um, all right, guys, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm going to go have some fun weekend and not think about work for two whole fucking days. Woo. All right. I'm done being obnoxious. Take care. Roll better than me. We'll talk soon.